Hello, I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, Johnstown Castle farm manager Aidan Lawless gives an update on the current performance of the spring and autumn calving herds. At the moment we have five, well really five different groups that we would have. We have two autumn herds who would have um, their main calving date there in early October. Um, we have a, an intensive autumn herd and then the, the more extensive autumn herd. We'll go into a bit more detail on them thereafter maybe then. And then we would have two spring herds, smaller spring herds. There's only 20 cows in each group of the two spring herds. We They're grazing, one herd is grazing a grass clover mix, starting off really. This is the first year of the, the full year of the trial. And then the other herd would be grazing a, a multi-species mix. So... Um, just be interesting to, to to see how how they go. So the the spring herd uh, average, there's probably about seventy five percent of them calved now at the moment. They're only kicking in. We only started calving there. Our due date would have been sixth of February, so we had some there in January. Um, we actually had uh, just looking back on it, we're we're finished with our Frisian sires there now on the spring herd, and they calved um, their I mean, gestation length average between heifers and bulls and everything is two seventy four days. So um, just something to be, I would have been going on a gestation length of 280, but it's nearly a week earlier than that, like with the with the Frisian start this year anyway. So our autumn ones, back at the back end, they were about 276 days or something. But they are, their gestation length is getting shorter with the with the Frisian. So you're, you, um, so I suppose that's something to take into account ahead of the breeding season that's um, coming up in the coming weeks. Uh, and looking to milk production performance, then where are the autumn herd and the spring herd at, Aidan? Yeah, so the, the autumn herd have been they've been very consistent right throughout the the winter. Really, now the the, the intensive system, uh, their system is um, they're stocked at four cows per hectare, and we're buying in most of their winter forage, and that's in the form of maize. So their diet for the winter was about two thirds maize, one third grass silage, and and so they've been sort of sitting around at twenty seven, twenty eight liters and. Their solids would be reasonably good as well. They're probably about four forty, four fifty butterfat and three fifty, three sixty protein. So they're coming in at about two point two kilos of solids there for most of the the winter period. There, so from the middle of December up until till now, they're they're still held reasonably well. We've been jumping in and out a bit, trying to get some grass into the diet when, when the weather when the weather is reasonable. So um, the 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 extensive system then their system is just just straight grass silage for their winter forage and getting about eight kilos of a um of a nut and now the, the nut that they're getting is a it's what we're calling the homegrown blend so basically there's no gm products in it um, and all the protein sources are as local sources as possible so it's mainly beans and rapeseed within the nut so um just something different there as well but they they're performing would be happy enough with their performance they're, they're back about 0.2 of a kilo of solids really sort of a small bit of the percentages and then probably a litre and a half in the milk as well but that's probably more from the the, the grass silage versus the, the maize really rather than any difference in the nut we'd imagine. So, and then yeah. looking to the spring herd Aidan what are you seeing it performance wise with them? It's hard to get it sort of a yield there's a lot of sort of fresh ones they're only starting to set down now but they're, they're probably about, about 25, 20, 25 26 litres um, any of the ones that are calved over the week or, or 10 days and uh, the butterfat was high enough, but then there's a good lot of sort of freshly calved cows, and so the butterfat was around four, uh, four fifty, four sixty, I think, in protein. Then three fifty five was one of the tests just on that herd alone, um, with divided 
uh, with the herd. But like I said, it's they're really only settling into to it at this stage. They're I suppose on average they're only maybe ten ten days calf, like between the um the herd in, in total. And I, like I said before, there was about three quarters of the herd calved and the other quarter are going to drag out pretty much until I suppose maybe the tenth of April or so. It's just um they're all in calf to these sires and just what are we in ones that went to second or third conception? Yeah. And when we spoke with you um, at this time last year, Aidan, you know, we had very favourable conditions weather-wise and you were actually out with the autumn calvers from, you know, early, mid-January. You know, talk through, I suppose, the challenge of weather conditions for you in the month of February, um, if you could quantify the rainfall and, and what that has meant for feeding of the herd. I suppose it's not two years of the same, and that's for for sure. But um, uh, we're we we've been just like I said, we've been just jumping in and out. Last year was an exceptional year, and we we went out early, and we would have been had a plan that we would have had to come in at some stage, and we didn't really. Uh, this year, we've only the the one thing with the autumn herd we have about um we've about about twenty twenty two twenty four percent of the autumn herds that area grazed on the intensive system because by virtue of the fact that there's four cows per hectare and all the cows are calved, when we do go out, we can get a good chunk of ground grazed off. So we're not that far. Our target would have been a third grazed by the, the 1st of March. So we're not that far off our, our target and we, we can can pick it up pretty pretty quick. I'm conscious of the, like the, like the plenty of fellas listening and they're, they could be looking at it fields underwater and all. We, we've had a, a wet February, but um, I suppose not as bad as a lot of parts of the country. We've, we've had about 150 mils of rain, which would be double our monthly average for February. We'd normally be about 70 or 80, the, the mean average, 10-year average. So we've had a very wet month of ground conditions. We've, we've had probably periods of six, seven days where it's just, you, you just, um, you call it a, call it and just you don't go out at all because the benefits of getting out they're doing more mauling and it just ground conditions are saturated um but now over the last three or four days we the, the storm um there over the weekend we escaped any real rain from it so there was right good drying conditions for the last three or four days so conditions are actually good there and i was talking to you today the sun is shining and the ground has dried out reasonably well with the good drying uh, this time of the year daylight's getting longer and all so the, the, it, it can turn around quick enough um, so hopefully our plan from here will be we'll, we'll probably try we'll try as, if conditions allow we'll, we'll graze on and try catch up as much as possible until we get maybe t- closer to our last herd of grazing and, and at that stage then we'll see what way the recovery is coming back on the first graze paddocks and maybe then decide whether we stretch out a rotation I'd be very wary of uh, of re- restricting uh, like we need to catch up as quick as we can because to if we if we don't graze when we can the weather could turn again in three or four weeks time again so if conditions allow we'll graze to try catch up as, as much as possible our target would have been two-thirds graze by the Patrick's day that's normally our target so we're not going to make that i don't think but um it's probably mean pushing out the, the first round a bit on both the autumn the spring herds different story we would only maybe have 10 or 12 percent graze in some of the herds so and i think that look that that, that is quite typical of a, of a lot of farms but as you say there's a plan in place and you have made some adjustments to the the uh, spring rotation planner looking at another aspect of management um you would have come carried out breeding for the autumn herd uh, how did that go Aidan? yeah well it's a little bit i'll, I'll tell you when we scan there in a few weeks but we're finished breeding now, basically. We would have, we'd have started there around the, uh, the 12th, 15th of December. And 
first uh, six weeks, uh, five, six weeks spread to, to freezing sires and then um, we would have had used some beef AI and, and just uh, we had a couple of sweeper bulls of uh, dairy beef bulls as well. So um, we're finished there since uh, the 25th, 26th of February. The sort of activity for the last few weeks when the bulls were in seemed to be low enough. We did we haven't scanned, we didn't do any scans during the breeding season this year, so um, we can't really say for definite, but we would have all the cows were submitted there within the first um, six weeks. Most of them were within in the first four weeks. There was just a couple of them that um, hadn't come. We we, we handled a, a couple, but did very little treatments. Just um, a couple of them that had had we must have missed or something that were sites, and so they just got a shot of across land and bring them. So, um, like I said, conditions the cows like were very settled in, in terms of production performance and all. They, they were on a very stable diet and. Body condition score would have been they, when they got in. They, they had a wet enough uh, back end when they were out grazing there in, in October, November, and probably they needed to come in when they, they did because they were probably at their lowest there in towards the the twentieth to twenty to thirty November. But as they were from then on, they were on a good plane in nutrition and gain and condition, and they were in good order. So we'd be hopeful that maybe last year we were around 10% empty after 12 weeks and uh, probably most of uh, you know that 75% calved within the first four to five weeks so hopefully it will be something similar again this year and, and as you say the conditions were right condition was good the plane of nutrition so hopefully um, they're good indications for the pregnancy rates looking then to Aidan to uh, a few things that you mentioned um you know, as part of your new trials on the farm in Johnstown Castle. So firstly, you were talking about homegrown ration. You know, what's the thinking behind that? Last year, we were looking at it uh, in terms of reducing our dependence on imported uh, meal uh, just for uh, for a country in general. It was just something that we needed to, to look at and, and try to, to produce our produce from as locally grown as possible. So... We, that was the main reason behind it. Would we get the, a similar performance on, from from products that was uh, produced here in Ireland or if not within the EU and then avoid any GM uh, product? We have no issues with it. We're feeding it to the, the intensive system, but just um, from maybe down the road from a market or a perception point of view, it was just something that we, 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 we needed to look at and see whether we could get the performance on it. So... That was really, I suppose, the thinking behind it. Uh, a lot of the products, it, it's sort of, it's barley, beet pulp. Um, the proteins then would be coming mainly from rapeseed and beans. That's that's sort of a, that's the general makeup the, of the mix. And so. and and then looking at the the new swords that you're in, um, that you're using. So prior to now, would it have been all perennial ryegrass, or would you have had some clover included in the swords? Minimal or not clover up and up until now because um, I suppose we would have had uh, uh, very high stock and well well three cows per hectare on the grazing platform and uh, any probably within the last ten years any sward that was receded there would have been a, a percentage of clover in the mix but um, it wasn't really contributing a whole lot that we could see um, and there would have been a, a lot of nitrogen going out and some of the fields then would have uh, been treated for for docks that might might have used wouldn't have used the clover safe product so the percentage of clover would be very minimal um on any of the autumn systems or on the spring systems up until our our new treatment that we we put in last year so the the, the perennial ryegrass is the main um component for the autumn herd and, and still is um except where we're receiving we're, we're trying to get more clover introduced 
Um, on the spring system, then we have uh, the, the two treatments would have been almost fully receded uh, last year over the course of the year just to, to get the, the treatments um, similar. So the grass clover, clover is really only starting to, to sort of get established on, on those treatments at the moment. And then the, the multi-species mix is, is a mix of, of different varieties so and like looking to grass clover we're well versed in in the benefits of grass clover in the form of you know greater grass production greater grass quality mid-season and higher milk solids production um and i suppose a higher volume production from from dairy cows but what are you looking for and and what are the benefits of of looking at multi-species swords i suppose there's a, a a few things i suppose um and uh, we don't know whether the benefits are there or not, really, because uh, it has been it's performed very well. John Finn would have had uh, um, plots here from a more ecological point of view rather than production dairy production point of view, and uh, he would have seen the performance. The, the six way mix that we are using here would have outperformed both um, the grass only and grass clover swords in terms of um, production for the year. But those were on plot trials uh, where there was no grazing or no maybe poaching or damage done. So. It was worth looking at. In terms of, I suppose, it's given a better mix. So if you're, in terms of trying to avoid uh, sprays or anything, the multi-species mix, uh, the, uh, the theory behind it would be that the, the, the herbs and the, the clover would would uh, compete with any sort of invasive weed species. So the less uh, dependence on spraying because you can't really spray with that many products. The other thing that's in it would be that we're using chicory, uh, two herbs, chicory and plantain. The plantain is uh, supposed to complement as it would be an anti-bloating agent sort of for the clover, so hopefully less risk of any bloating from uh, clover if that was going to be an issue in the in the spring or anything. And it's also a diuretic, so it's supposed to actually, the cows, uh, in theory, the cows are supposed to probably would drink more, urinate more, and disperse the um, proportion of nitrogen across the sward better than um, it really concentrated in one spot. And then I suppose the chicory is uh, very deep-rooted. It can go down to a metre, metre and a half. So there would be better resistance from drought point of view. That would be better recovery from the, the chicory. And um, just a, it's probably a better overall size structure that is more diverse. Uh, that the, If one product isn't going well, the other might, um, might help and jump in and help out. Uh, that's the theory behind it. Um, it's very early days. Uh, a little bit concerning maybe at the moment would be in terms of spring production. Um, our our cover we closed we because we we haven't really any experience of it yet. We're we're treating it similar to a grass ward and that we'd start closing there in, in early October and be finished then by I suppose the, towards the end of November um, and build a cover for the spring. But we saw the now it might recover quicker, but the the production after being grazed in the last round was very slow. So we ended up with a, a closing cover of closer to around five hundred, five twenty, I think, or something, which is um, is very low, critically low, like on a grass based system anyway. So at the moment, our cover, I think, on that treatment is still only around uh, six fifty per per hectare. Now we have a two of those swords were only receded late, and they are probably pulling the cover back down a little bit, but. So it's, I know the grass clover swards are a little bit that way as well, that they'll, they, they might be struggling for, for cover earlier in the year, but the multi-species is probably even a step down from that again. But it's early days, we'll, we'll see. Um, 
I hopefully it might recover quicker and, and we'll get higher growth rates in the, in the next few weeks. And as you say, Aidan, it's, it's early days yet for for this type of research and it's certainly um, a new concept for us on the Dairy Edge. So we really look forward to catching up with you across the year to see the progress of the multi-species swords. Thank you, Aidan. All right, Emily, thank you. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Aidan Lawless for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.